talk about uh, uh, for I'm going to give you three reasons why you should consider fostering and adopting, especially if you're still single, you're planning on getting married. Um, I like what Lindy shared. It's like I'm gonna f- I'm gonna adopt, and my future husband better g- get on board, right? <laughs> poor poor Francois. Um, but this is this is so part of the gospel. I'm gonna give you three reasons why why you should be thinking about it, praying about it, or at the very least getting involved. And um, and if we've got time, maybe I'll throw in a, a, a bonus fourth reason. But reason number one is you invite a blessing on yourself. Okay, so I want you to open up your Bibles to Psalm 127. We're going to read together. Oh, yes. Sorry, I just wanted to say I was, before I was rudely interrupted by that raging lunatic that is my kid. Um, we have some stalls at the back. Life Community's got a store. We've been involved with them uh, for a long time. So they also they do foster homes like Melissa mentioned, but they also run creches. Um, it's a great place to go and volunteer and get involved. So please go and talk to them afterwards. And then uh, Lowry from Options is also uh, got a store there. They, are, they also have a training session on the 14th and 15th of April. Um, which will be here at Shofar. So please talk to her about that. A lot of people come and have supper at my place, and then they always say something along the lines around about bedtime because they go, hey, kids, get into bed, and then they can't figure out, wow, your kids actually listen to you. Okay, my my trade secret is doing this course from Options. Monica and I have done it just about every year. They, they do the, the um, t- TBRI stuff. Um, uh, trust-based relational intervention, um, and it's it's incredible. Not just we we were doing this before we started fostering, and we were we were implementing these things on our on our own kids. So if you are a parent or considering to be a parent, even if even if you're not there at the space where you're doing fostering, I highly recommend you go do this course at Options. Talk to Lowry after the service, and obviously, um, Kin Culture is also going to have a store. So if you want to sign up for the info session tomorrow at 6, or you can just pitch up tomorrow at 6. That's also fine. Please go talk to her. Okay, fantastic. Advertisement over. Let's continue. Psalm 127. I'm going to read this through quickly. It's a nice short psalm. Um, I love this psalm because it speaks about children. And I want you to try and put two things together, okay? We're going to read two different stanzas, and they're going to seem unrelated. But I want you to ask this question, okay? Because if they're in the same psalm, Chances are, um, a spoiler alert, they are they are related. And I want you to ask yourself, as we read through this, how are these two stanzas related? The first stanza is verse 1 and 2, and the second stanza is verse 3 to 5. So um, follow, uh, follow along and ask yourself, how are these two stanzas related? Verse 1, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. That stands in number one. Stands in number two from verse three. Sons are a heritage from the Lord. Children are reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are sons born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with the enemies in the gate. Okay, so 
Stanza number one is, is verse one and two. It's about building and watching. And the, the problem that the subject has is that they are building in vain and they are watching in vain unless God is with them. Unless God is building, you build in vain. Unless God watches over, you watch in vain. Okay? Um, there's, a, there's a fantastic um, uh, Kiffness video where, anyway, it actually uses this very psalm. It's one of my favorites. That's a side note. But you can go listen to that after, after the service. So, he, so he's talking about building. He's talking about watching and you're doing an advantage. In the second stanza, he seems to change the subject and now he's talking about children. Seems a little bit random. Okay, and he, and he says that sons, what about sons? They are, they are a heritage from the Lord. So not your wealth, not your business, your, the, the thing that you're going to leave behind is children. Okay? Children are a reward from, the, from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are sons born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. So now, I want you to picture this, okay? Because this is the scene. In stanza one, we're building something. We're building high walls. We're building a gate. And, um, and now it comes to guarding. Now we need to watch. How do we watch? We watch with what the, what the Lord does. And how does he build and how does he watch? He answers that in stanza two, with children. So you can try and set up your empire. You can build the, build, the business. You can, you can do the education thing. Those things are very good, very necessary. You know, everybody needs to eat. <laughs> Amen. Okay. But unless God builds, how does he build? According to stanza two, with the children that he gives, you are building in vain. Right? Unless God watches, how does he watch? With the arrows in your quiver. What are those arrows? Children. And not only that, but these children are a, are a reward. See, there is a popular, secular sentiment that children get in the way of your life. Okay? Or you might have heard, wow, you know, the world's going to pot. There's war. There's famine. How can I build how can I bring a child into this kind of a world? That sentiment is from the devil. Okay, and is counterintuitive to biblical thinking. Biblical thinking is, it's not just that you want to bring children in the world, but actually children are a solution to the world's problems. Okay, how is that so? Well, practically, because if your child is raised in a godly home, and hopefully that is the case, I hope that is the case for each and every person here, that the children that you have will be raised in a godly home. Amen. <laughs> Fantastic. Then you are sending out godly people able to not just survive, not just tread water, but are able to conquer and be more than conquerors. You see, I know that my son is five years old, that crazy one that was running around. He gets that from his mother's side of the family, by the way. <laughs> Lol. Um, <laughs> so, 
That crazy one that running around, I've got, my job is now to protect him, absolutely. But one day he's going to grow up into be, to be a man. And by that time, I need to have prepared him and sent him out. Right? And it, I'm, my mentality is not that, oh, my poor little boy is going to be scared of the world. My mentality is the world needs to watch out for my kid. Okay? Because if you get in his way, he's literally going to run over you. Because of all that sugar. <laughs> Hopefully also discipleship. Are you with me? And that's my thinking. And now, um, but now it's not just that I've received biological children. Is that there's also children that are out there that need a home. So what Francois and Lindy have done is that essentially they've taken this arrow in the form of Levi and they've added it to their quiver. Right? And if you understand anything about Jewish tradition, when you adopt a child, in the eyes of their tradition, it's as if you birthed that child yourself. In South Africa, if you adopt a child, do you know that they go so far as to change the very birth certificate of that child? Okay, As if you birthed that child. If that child, in the eyes of the law, in the eyes of God, becomes your child. That blessing is on you. And that's not my opinion. Okay, this is what the scripture says. Listen to this. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Who's them? Kids, okay? These children. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies at the, in the gate. So remember, this is the scene that is being painted by Psalm 127. Something is being built. That thing is being built by God through children. Something needs to be watched over and protected. That thing is being watched over and protected by the warriors with these arrows. And the promise is this, that when you go meet your enemy at the gate, why do you go and meet your enemy at the gate? To negotiate, to, 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 to make a deal. Because of these children, because of these blessings, you will not have to go afraid. Isn't that amazing? It's beautiful, right? Reason number two why you should consider fostering and adopting is that it is eternally focused. So I remember um, a year and a half ago, uh, my wife and I, we, we, were, we wanted to go start the fostering journey. We'd been praying about it for a while, like... Lindy and Francois, we, uh, we had been talking about it even before we were married. Monica and I were talking about, uh, back then it was adopting. Our hearts were set on adopting, uh, mostly because we just didn't know about fostering. Um, and then we, when, uh, just before Oliver came, we were, th- we were thinking, okay, so should we start adopting now? And we kind of put it off and then we got pregnant with Oliver, so that was kind of an answer to that decision, so we put it off again, then Oliver came, a couple of months later, we're like, okay, should we adopt now, and then Robin came, so we're like, okay, it's obviously not now, we put it off, and then Francois and Lindy beat us, beat us to it, um, by a couple of months, I just want to add, and um, uh, it's not a competition, but they're totally winning, and um, so, and then uh, two years ago, we started to pray again, and um, 
and then God really put our heart onto fostering. And fostering is a little bit uh, different from adopting and that the end goals are a bit different. When, when you adopt, you are looking for a new family for that child, right? So Francois and Lindy, they take this child and this child becomes them. And the end goal with fostering, like Melissa was talking about, is to ultimately reconcile that child with their original family. And so they, they come to you in an interim period, the, the state kinds of, kind of sees us as glorified babysitters sometimes. Um, and so the, the end goals are different. Um, some, not all foster children do go back to their families. Um, so um, I would really recommend that if you're going to foster, you need to um, and manage your expectations. Our expectation is that we're, we're prepared to see the kids as long as they need to go. Bless the, praise the Lord for that. Um, and um, but we're also praying actively for their mom that that reconciliation would have because the thing is like it's so easy to to demonize people but their mom is also a product of the foster care system you know and uh, and the, these there are these things that come from the generations down to the generations and um, what we've seen from her is that she really wants to do the best that she can but she's never had the example of a family like you and me, she's, she's never had, she doesn't have a reference for godly parents, you know, and you have an opportunity, just like we had an opportunity to say, this stops with this generation, right? After, from, from this generation afterwards, the, um, our kids, kids will not know what it means to be without a home. It stops with us. That is the power of the gospel, that you can come and stand as an intercessor, and that's what intercession means, to stand in the gap, right? You can come as an intercessor just like Christ intercedes on our behalf. What does that mean? He stands in the gap between the wages of our sin and God's grace, and he says, I will pay the price, right? And so... These things are eternally focused. They require a, a, a mindset that is not necessarily based on because you do have to count the cost. Because there's this, there's this thing on me that was two years ago. We're kind of putting our feet in it and we're like, okay, we'll just do the safety care thing. And safety care is when a, a child gets identified by a social worker as being vulnerable, needs to be, um, and an investigation needs to be done, they could placed in a home um, for up to three months. That's a house of safety. So sometimes we need safety parents. There's also a big need for that. Um, and, and then after that investigation, they decide if the circumstances, if it was like a once-off thing and the kids go back, or if they need permanent foster care, which is when they came to us. So, so we just like, yeah, okay, we'll just do the safety care thing because, you know, I like my family. We got two kids, you know, we got the pigeon, the pigeon pair, we got a boy, we got a girl, Alice is lacquer, life is good, life's amazing, finances work out with two kids, uh, we all fit into a five-seater car, Alice is lacquer, okay, it makes sense, the box is square, and then um, I remember uh, preparing for another sermon, we, um, we were doing um, Jesus in the Old Testament, and I remember going through Genesis chapter 2. Uh, I remember reading, it says, and I know this verse, 
But never put it in this context before. It says, a man, that is why a man will leave his father and his mother and cling to his, to his wife. And so what I remember thinking is, shucks, my boy, my five-year-old, although he's been born into my family, one day he's going to get married and leave the home. And he's not going to be part of my family. He's going to leave his father and his mother and he's going to cling to his, he's going to create his own family entity. But it goes a little bit beyond that. You see, one day, my marriage will come to an end. Right? If you, if you don't understand what I'm talking about, did you know in Matthew 22, Jesus teaches that upon death, your marriage comes to an end. In heaven, you will not be given in marriage. And there will, there will no longer be a thing as marriage. And so... It suddenly dawned on me that this family that I want to protect is not an eternal thing. It comes to an end. Right? This family structure, even if I do it to the best of my ability, will come to an end. Okay? That sounds, that sounds weird, but, but think about it like this. Faith is a good thing, right? But did you know that there will no longer be faith in heaven? The thing that you would have had faith for you would have received, right? Hope is a good thing, amen? Healing is a good thing. These are not things that are going to be in heaven. In heaven, you would have received that which you hoped for. 